You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For, 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 all, things, for, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs. It's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. I'm your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. You guys, the Kansas City Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. We're all just like crazy hyper right now. We're going to talk about everything. Where do we even want to start? We are all freaking out. I think I start. I think I want to start in the fridge. Um, I know we just started like 60 seconds ago. Is it okay if I stand up and go get a beer and let you guys talk? Do for it. Sure. Seconds? Do it, okay. Nick. Look, Can I, I want. Pour a glass I want of to. Wine? Uh, I think I, I need it. I need to get the heart rate down a little bit. It wouldn't even be that hard if I could flip the camera on here all that easily. I would show you just how close there is alcohol to me. It's so close. We can all take turns. So that's the good news. So once Nick is back. Then Kayla, you can have a turn, and then I'll have a turn. But I think I look, I want to yell as much as you do. My kid fell asleep on the couch in the fourth quarter because she's six. So I had to go lay her down. I'm like, well, I can't resettle her now. So I gotta find some medium tone of excitement because it's ridiculous. I've only been doing a show in Kansas City for four years. They've been to the Super Bowl three times. And again, this time, like it felt like, oh no, we're going to the same thing again, right? Here we go. Problems and Mahomes like ball just slips out of his hand, and none of it matters. They just go to the Super Bowl anyway because they are a dynastic-like team. They just do stuff dynasties do, which is frustrate the hell out of you and win all the time. Uh, so yeah, first off, so much for dry January. You know, made it to January 29th. Right there. <laughs> Close really enough. Awkward. Close enough. More than Close. I did. I, can, right, I, I wasn't trying, though. I wasn't participating this year. All right, Cody's going to go and get one. So, uh, yeah, congrats to me for making it to, all the way to the finish line but then giving up. But you know what? This calls for it. You know what's crazy, Kayla, is that everything well yeah i mean they were up by seven but the second the game got tied the second that the second when samaje p ryan scored that touchdown there was no point in between that touchdown and harrison butker actually kicking the field goal that i thought the chiefs were gonna win same Same. there was there was there, there was no momentum it's not as though they were knocking on the door. In fact, it was quite the opposite. It felt, it felt weird. Like, <laughs> it felt we did nothing like, offensively again in the fourth. You know, it's like uh, when you have a hole in the boat and you're throwing duct tape on it. That's what it felt like for the Chiefs. It was like eventually the Bengals are going to strike and they are, and we're going to see one team that's at full strength and another team that is on their sixth and seventh string wide receivers. Like it kept feeling like, eventually we're going to see, oh yeah, this is what happens when all your receivers go down. And then I look I up, like the-, the Chiefs are celebrating and there's confetti falling and they're going to the Super Bowl. I think I blacked out. Oh, dude. And I like I liked it of all the analogies, Nick, that somehow after all this, right, the boat's sinking, you try to put duct tape on it. Sky Moore 
And Harrison Butker, the ire of this entire team, or Billy fucking Mays, man, slapping that thing on the side, just gushing water. Like, damn, like, it doesn't matter. Like, we fixed it. Look, the hole's fixed. Cody, oh, is there anything you want to take back? Oh, oh, Sky Moore? Ooh, boy, you know what? I think I more than once on this show said he should never, ever touch the ball and punt returns again. <laughs> okay, I'm wrong, I guess. I I don't. I didn't think, I thought, oh, like, why did he keep trusting him? It didn't make any sense. But I think he wasn't like, that was never his plan. He was forced into it because of injury. He's like, well, I guess Sky Moore is a kick return guy. Well, isn't again. that what happened? Isn't Here that what we happened? go. Isn't that what happened on Sunday too? Yeah. yeah. Tony's down. Uh, Pacheco was sort of hobbled at that point. And Pacheco, with the role that he was taking on, you couldn't really throw him back there. Like, who else did you have to put back and kick return at that point? No one. And by the I, way, I, I just want to Marcus say Marcus Kemp? Since we're in... So we're recording this right after the show. Or right after the game, excuse me. So Patrick Mahomes... It was had, a show. So yeah, but well, by the time you're le- hearing this, you've probably already seen the tweet. But Patrick Mahomes, in his <clears> first <throat> tweet since the game ended, this is remarkable. His first tweet is a gif of the bowler, Pete Weber, doing the who do you think you are? I am. Which is just like... I'm, re- I'm retweeting it. I mean... So strong. Magical. It's magical. For Patrick Mahomes, perhaps the greatest athlete or the greatest quarterback we've ever seen in our lifetimes is referencing a bowler from over a decade ago, right? That that speaks to Patrick Mahomes' greatness and awareness of the moment. Like, do we, I mean... You know what it is? It's we knew this going into it, Nick. Like we absolutely knew this going into it. But the sweetness because of Cincinnati talking so much trash makes it so much better. Eli Apple's mom just deleted her Twitter account. What? Like she took herself off the internet. She's like, I can't do this. Eli, you fucked up, man. I'm gone. Like that I feel so dramatic. <laughs> Look, he only had like one holding penalty. But he said all that stuff about Cancun. So people found him and then people found Eli Apple's mom. And he talked way too much trash for a player of his skill level. Like it just, it felt so <laughs> sweet. It didn't matter because like Mahomes was taking shots at Burrow. He's saying, oh, we don't have any cigars. Frank Clark was smoking a cigar. So they clearly did. Travis Kelsey told the mayor to shut his mouth. And the Chiefs, just, t- the Chiefs just tweeted a picture of it too. That's incredible. Oh yeah. Um, like My favorite moment. Everything. My favorite moment from that entire post-game presser is Mahomes going, I'd like to thank God, and Travis Kelsey immediately running up and saying, Burrow had my ass. <laughs> back to back. So good. So good. These guys, and you knew that all week they were kind of holding that in. And that's what that's what they do. That's what they do, Cody, to your point. They kind of they may not engage in the trash talk during the week, but they're they're jotting things down. They're just yeah. storing them away for later. For when they do win. Now we're going to unleash all the jokes when you guys have nothing to say. It's for all the times that we, you know, we spent plenty of time saying they have a right to trash talk because they've beaten the Chiefs three times in a row. Oh, man. Well, you better accept the other end of this because it's going to be so much worse. You said Burrowhead after a single game. I'm going to bury you for that. Like, and yeah. like Cincinnati, we don't know if they'll go back to the AFC title game next year, go back to the Super Bowl. It's a good chance, right? They're a great team. But teams, what the Chiefs are doing, that's not normal. Cincinnati's not doing that. They're on their own little special island with other teams that are Cody, great, greater Cody. than everyone. So they, the Chiefs will host the Bengals next year, correct? Yeah. In the regular yes. Season. So yes. they will host the Bengals next year. So there's a chance that they play them at Arrowhead twice, like maybe if they meet in the playoffs again. Can you imagine what we'll be saying a year from now if the Bengals are like one in three lifetime at Arrowhead and be like, you guys had the nerve to call it Burrowhead after one win. You're now one and one. 
at Arrowhead, and you think you get to call it Burrowhead. Who do you think you are? That is, I think that's perfect use of the Pete Weber gift, by the way. And it's, and it's, and it, and it's like, it is Super Bowl. You lost, you idiots. You didn't even like host the trophy because you could always just be like, well, ring, you know, trophy. We don't care. Right. Like, you know, like that's the ultimate calling card. Anytime somebody tries to talk trash, you can be like, oh, ring. You know, so we don't care that we called it Burrowhead once and then lost you. We have a trophy. This big thing, it stands there. You're like, nope. Chiefs or AFC title game, you know, champions again. It's just so hard to imagine sometimes because it's, I think it's always hard, like as a sports fan, to put into perspective the era you're in. Like, it's always hard to appreciate it because you get like frustrated by this Chiefs team. You're like, oh, they're not doing things right. I think the thing we might have all missed the most, Nick, was they're gritty as fuck. They just like fought through some really tough games this year and fought through a 14 and three record under diff uh, under a difficult schedule and difficult circumstances. And this game, they were missing Justin Watson, uh, Juju Smith, Schuster, Kadarius, Tony uh, for a while. Cook was out of the game. Their best corner, Legereus Sneed didn't play. All those guys got lost in game and Patrick Mahomes was on one ankle and they still won. They were much tougher than I probably ever gave them credit for this year. You know, this is a big deal when we've got like a Cody F-bomb tracker going now. Mm, yeah, we're like four or five. I'm very excited. I cuss a lot under my normal circumstances. <laughs> okay, but I just learned this about you. I try to limit to like one or two in the show. I just learned this about you. You watch games in silence. Yeah, so Wait, I, uh, I watched the, I watched the entire the vol- I I am volume on the lit- TV on. Yeah. yeah, the volume on the TV's on. Okay, well, you don't. I was you're, in you're the not basement. Streaming. No, in the basement. I sound like I'm being murdered when I watch Chiefs games. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is probably great. I'm sure your roommate and neighbors are like, oh my God, did that girl get murdered again? You're like, oh, it's Sunday. It's fine. I had to, I had to send him an apology text to my roommate who was in a room and heard you all have of to it. Post something like you're going to have to pin something up on the community board at your apartment complex and just be like, sorry, guys, I'm from Kansas City. You know, no, I'm, I, uh, I will watch in silence or I'll mutter under my breath, like, what the hell is that? Like, that's, that's the most animated I get watching a football wow. game. Now, I got nerve. Like, there were times in that game where you're starting to get more frustrated and you're like, oh what is happening but i never yell i just sit quietly i know i'm weird in that way and it might make me a serial killer but it's how i watch sports i grew up watching my father scream his head off and live and die by every play so that is what i now do when watching chiefs games it's hereditary nick are you in the middle (laughs) i i move around a lot but i don't make a lot of noise if i'm it's it's i'm i'm a chameleon if i'm in a setting where there's a lot of people talking i will talk as well but like tonight, I watched the game by myself, and I probably didn't make a peep during the game. Yeah, I don't think I. Talk- you guys are crazy. Well, if I do, I you know what I I'm easily dist- I I can lose my attention span very easily, so I need to eliminate distractions. If that's why it, it's <laughs> tough for me to watch yeah. games with people because if there's somebody around, I'll start talking to them and I'll miss plays. You know, I'll miss yeah. two or three plays without even noticing what happened. And with the AFC title game, it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, I was essentially watching the game and my Twitter feed at the same time because Twitter's ahead of my uh, feed, my CBS feed. So I'm getting all the news ahead of time. Thank you, Cody, for providing all the news ahead of time for me. You are. By the way, I don't like like, at the game. I watch it on an antenna. This is the pro tip. Get an antenna. It sounds stupid, but I don't like to be behind live, big live sporting events. I don't care if it's like Kansas, Kentucky in the regular season, like whatever. Oh, no, I'm behind. Fine. Mm -hmm. AFC championship game. I'm not trying to find out two plays later. So I'm always like, uh, I got to be really careful here and figure out where I am. I uh, I do have, I got to figure out one thing for myself. So 
as a show in Kansas City. Our show's heading to Arizona. Stuff's booked. Woo-hoo! Heading to Arizona. Going to be there during Radio Row. So you'll hear some of this podcast. We'll be live from Radio Row. But unfortunately, I've already informed Ruby and Desmond that if they won, I was going to have to go. And Ruby's like, fine, I have money. I'll come. Oh. And I was like, you don't have money. enough. She has like $100. Cutie. I don't know on the front or the rest. That's a lot, Nick. <laughs> she found a dime on the floor. Don't She's be like, cheap, Now Cody. I have more. Does money. she get an allowance? Yeah, but it's not. It's not covering. It's not covering a trip to Arizona. Well, like, could you, you imagine know, if it was? Maybe like you could give her a loan. Yeah, maybe yeah. you could give her a loan um, and she could just pay it back over time. It's not like she's going anywhere. You know where she's true. Well, this interest, would make right? really cute content: a daddy daughter yeah, date to the Super Bowl. I'm here Tw- for it. Twelve years to pay it off, interest free. No pressure. <laughs> you know, just think about the little bit you got to pay me back at a time. Take it out of the college know. fund. Honestly, probably make my wife's job a lot easier if I just took one kid. Be like, okay. Ruby and I are going to the Super Bowl. I just can't imagine her sitting as we like work some eight hour day on Radio Row. And you're like, okay, stay close, I guess. Or rope in celebrity guests because you're an adorable kid. Those are really the two choices here. Do you guys think that when we look back on this game, because this game feels big now, uh, if you lose the Super Bowl, nobody will care what you did in the AFC Championship game, right? That's, I know I'm not trying to be sad here, but... The reason why I bring it up, I'm not trying to be cool, Nick. I want to burst our bubble. When if we look back on the AFC Championship game, will we remember it as the game that Patrick Mahomes won on a bum ankle with no receivers, or will we look back on it as the game where Chris Jones exercised his demons and completely wrecked the Bengals' offense? I I think it's only fair. Like, look, Mahomes deserves his credit. Even on one ankle, he was still one step faster than his defender on a way to a first down that got him a roughing penalty that even gave them the chance to win. That was third down. And he still outran defenders to the first down. Even if he hadn't gotten a hit, they would have been just a few yards away from a field goal attempt anyway, and they would have had it anyway. Chris Jones was the best player on the field. Yep. On the field with Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Jamar Chase doing ridiculous stuff and Travis Kelsey getting anything he wanted Chris Jones was the best player on the entire field. He ruined people's lives out there tonight. He would have had six sacks if he wasn't being held. He buried their entire, what was already shaky offensive line and made them look every bit of that terrible, didn't he? Yeah, do you agree, Kayla? Do you think it's it will be, we'll remember this as the Chris Jones game? I mean, yes, but I also think you have to factor in Pat and his bum ankle and still just being such like the fiercest competitor I in recent history. I mean, you put him up there with all the greats. This guy powers through anything. But yeah, Chris Jones, this was his night. He finally gets his first playoff sack, multiple sacks, um, just completely dominated from beginning to end. And that's all we asked. Um I yeah, think all we it, asked it, was it, for him to dominate for four quarters, and that's exactly what he did. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, can you just do that for four quarters, please? Thanks. Like um, I kept asking, it was like, well, he already has two sacks and like 48 pressures. Hey, man, do you, do you mind? Just like one more. No big deal. <laughs> You're like, sure. But you know what that is? You know, you're going back to some of the conversations we were having through the week of like, okay, well, who's the better team, right? Who has the better roster? And we've talked about that a lot with the NFC teams, like the Niners and the Eagles. Those were two of the most complete rosters in the NFL. And that's great. And the Eagles have a lot to show for it. They're going to the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody ever said that the Chiefs were the most complete roster in the NFL this year, but you know what they had? The best offensive player in the league and maybe the best defensive player in the league. And 
Sunday night was a microcosm of that. Of what, of what you can do, right, of what you can do when you have an absolute game wrecker on both sides of the ball. When you have the best player on offense and the best player on defense, you can make up for a lot of other shortcomings you have around the roster it's, because those guys can dominate single-handedly. It's so weird. You would like think about Holmes and be like, well, they really came up short in a couple of drives, you know? Like maybe that's why I'm thinking it's the Chris Jones name. He finished with 326 yards and two touchdowns and no picks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that an average game in an <laughs> AFC title game? I don't think so. Jeez. Doesn't seem like it. Seems pretty good to me. But it's the Chris Jones game. Look, I thought it was going to be the Frank Clark game. He came out busting early too because they got it from everywhere. They got those four sacks in the first three drives. That's what gave the Chiefs the lead, even though they weren't finishing touchdowns. Then Chris Jones maintained. He was just the rock the rest of the time. Somebody else might have been tired or not getting to the quarterback. Didn't matter. Here comes Chris Jones. The other part about this too, it's like, because there's so many people be like, all right, this is the Chris Jones game. This is the Patrick Mahomes game. Because in a game like this, there's a lot of contributors. But the rookies, the two mm. interceptions. Let's go, go Karloftis had a sack. Uh, Trent McDuffie played fantastic. Like the, the whole, the whole rookie class. Pacheco was like rhyming it out. He had one of the biggest plays of the game. He might have been running into a wall all day, no, but, but Cody, breaking but, three tackles down for the. You know purpose. what's crazy, Cody, is the guys that the guys who didn't like have the biggest impact this year. Brian Cook, he's the one who tipped that ball that ended yeah. up into an interception. Josh, another rookie, by the way. <laughs> Joshua Williams was the guy who caught that interception. Sky Moore, who was sort of an afterthought this year, had a big punt return that set up the would-be game-winning field goal. So it's not just the usual usual suspects in Karloftis and Pacheco and, and McDuffie. It's the guys whose names we haven't been calling all year. That was the biggest. There's no I in team win yet. And look, Everyone Cook had a role. Yeah, Cook had gotten beat earlier, right, on a jump ball from Jamar Chase. Like, oh, I don't know. Every corner who plays in the NFL does sometimes. But it didn't stop him from getting the pick, making the play. It's always just the same thing. I just don't – Mick, I'm with you. It's weird because, like, the entire time we were watching that game, other like, because when it was 6 nothing, I'm like, hmm, I don't like that. And then they got that pick before the half, and I'm like, all right, here's the moment. They're like the 50 yard line. There's like two and a half minutes to play. I thought Burrow was going to go down and make it like seven, six before half. Okay. We're good. And then they had to, and then they had to punt after three and out. And I'm like, Oh, Oh no, that's, that's probably not good. <laughs> right. Like that's the opposite result of what I wanted. And I thought bad again, there was like only one moment where I almost felt good for a second when they were up six, nothing and Jalen Watson got a pick. And then immediately I was like, no, I feel bad again. Because they didn't score there. And then when they didn't, I didn't think they could win the game after the ref debacle. <clears throat> okay. They didn't take advantage of that. I'm like, what the hell is happening in this game? And look, after the explanation, it does kind of make sense. And you can see the guy run on. But dude, if I were Zach Taylor, I would have been through the roof upset with how oh, that sequence went down. Question. This is what the question I want to ask. Based on what we saw, every talk show tomorrow morning is going to be talking about this. Do we think the refs had any part in this game? Like you said, Zach Taylor looked oh. like his head was going to fly off. But we didn't have interceptions. We didn't, our quarterback didn't get sacked however many times. Like, I feel like we were the better team, but I feel like everyone else is going to use that as an excuse. I, the officiating I would say in, yeah. wanted the Chiefs to win. In Cincinnati, that's going to be the story, Kayla. The, specifically that third down, but it didn't matter. So like, like in the end, it mattered then. It was an important thing then. 
but it went from eight and a half minutes to seven and a half minutes. They gained two more yards. That's it. The Chiefs still punted, which would would have happened anyway, had that play gone down on the fourth and six. And Cincinnati, who I thought getting the ball at seven and a half minutes left to go in, you know, not great field position. I thought that that was their chance to win. In the end, it was weird and it was kind of funny, but I don't think that that cost them the game. They should probably stop screwing up so publicly. I think that would probably be advised. But that's also been the story of the NFL refereeing this year. And there were 700 mishold calls from Cincinnati and the Chiefs got away with a couple and all that. It felt like a normally bad refereed game to me. Yeah, in a year where we feel like the Chiefs have had their fair share of questionable calls against them. I'm not going to feel bad. I'm not like super sad <laughs> for the Bengals tonight. But in a know? game that's so high stakes, I feel like people yeah. are going to use that. Oh, for sure. But what's beautiful about that, Kayla, is... History never remembers those. History remembers who won the game. Unless it is so egregious, yeah. like the um, what, 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 the fail Mary, right? Yeah. With uh, the Packers and the Seahawks, where it's the end of the game, one play, blatantly missed call, huge bungle, confusion. That's the only way history remembers it. You're right. People in Cincinnati are going to talk about it. ESPN, NFL Network, they're going to talk about it. It'll be their fourth or fifth topic on the shows on Monday morning saying, did the, did, the, did the Bengals get screwed by the referees? And that's fine. But then what will happen is the calendar will turn over to Tuesday and nobody will ever talk about it again outside of Cincinnati, ever. Do, do you know how I know they'll talk about it, Kayla? Emmanuel Acho had an all-time bad take on the refereeing, which was, quote, I'm not saying the refs got the late call hit wrong, but the refs are supposed to call the game, not decide it. The refs have been discussed far too much for a championship game. You're like, hey, they got the call right, but they can't call that. You're like, what do you mean? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You don't he want me to get me started penalty. on that guy. Look, it's like the Andrew Wiley penalty when he got called for taunting. I hate the taunting penalty. It's Same. dumb. They should be able to talk trash to each other. It shouldn't matter. But it is technically a penalty, so I didn't lose my mind over it. It is the right call. So, okay, I guess I just have to deal with the fact that the NFL calls stuff like this. You don't have to do that. I can't, like, by the way, I also cannot wait. As much as I love our own personal podcast, the the New Heights episodes <laughs> that are coming out of this Kelsey Bowl. Cody, stop it, Cody. What are you doing? You keep promoting other podcasts. Oh, right. Yes, we Come are on, also man, a podcast our, competing with podcast them. That podcast is so good. Cody, if you keep promoting it, they they may end up taking us down. We They are competition, so we <laughs> need to treat them as such. You know what those, they probably won't even let them do it. So I wouldn't even subscribe at all. What do you mean I just let them do it? You think the Kelsey <laughs> brothers are asking for permission to do that podcast? No, I actually thought Kelsey said, you know, like he did all the things I thought he was, but I was sitting, my wife and I were standing next to each other and he went up to the podium and I was like, say something about your podcast, man. You're never going to get a better opportunity to promote this thing. You got to fire off that. Hey, check out new heights. <laughs> you know, like you just got to try it's the perfect opportunity. I Can like that imagine? Jason Kelsey's first tweet was, well, I'm done being a Chiefs fan now. So. <laughs> can you imagine having a podcast and not even having to promote it must be nice <laughs> yeah. we'll just promote it for you hey, you know what i think they Travis don't even need anyone podcast. to promote it like people are just listening regardless hey guys this is a first for it's always game day in kansas city but this is also the first uh episode we've ever done uh where the chiefs were heading to a super bowl frank clark just had an on-field interview with james palmer i oh, haven't yeah. heard any of it do you guys just want me to play it live? Yes, on play it live. It. Play yes, it live. Please, okay. let's hear it. We'll do a live reaction. Here is uh, here is Frank Clark talking to James Palmer of NFL Network. I don't know who the hell they think they was calling this Burrowhead. I don't know who the hell they thought they was talking about. Let's go finish us off. 
They'll take their bum ass back to Cincinnati. Man, they came to Cheeseskin and got their ass stumped on. I don't know what number one did. I told him to holler at me. I don't know what they did. I told them all to holler at me. I told them last year they ain't get my best. I told them this year they barely got my best. I told them with the playoffs though, I'm the fucking king. They gotta holler at me every fucking game. <laughs> Was that on NFL Network? Was that on NFL Network? Oh, man, I don't think that made the air. I think okay. that was straight to a Twitter clip from James Palmer. Fire Legend. me up, Frank. Legend. Oh, my God. I love You know what I love about that is that Frank talked to the media on Friday, and he was such a – he was like a little choir boy. Like, he was sitting there, and he was just Shockingly like, <laughs> good. He only said hell. He was like, you know what? They can say whatever they want. They keep winning. Then they get, they get to talk trash. And I was like, damn, he's kind of muted. And then to hear him say that after the game, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't let the act fool you. He, everybody was minding their P's and Q's throughout the week only to unleash like the gust of a thousand wins after the win. That was unbelievable. And that is all I asked for. Be quiet, shut your mouth all week long and just show up on Sunday and kick the crap out of them. I was a little worried on that, like Thursday or Friday, when Willie Gay was said nothing. I was like, oh, "Come on, man, we we almost made it. We're almost through the week. <laughs> we didn't have to do it there, and it didn't matter." Look for all the stuff, like for ev- and every national pundit, people on Twitter. When we talked on this show, the general consensus was you get to talk trash if you're dominating one opponent, and now you don't. Now you can't. No, you can try, but we're all gonna laugh at you during the regular season. Dude, issue. I didn't. Oh, good try. Cody, I'm going to be honest with you. The game ended about an hour ago. I hadn't even thought about that until right now. I hadn't even thought about the, all of the conversations about the trash talking and like, are the Bengals allowed to talk trash? That's all over now. It's dead. Oh, and we get to like bury the, is Burrow better than That's Mahomes? all I was thinking about. I would have, I would have jumped off a bridge. After Mahomes made that throw to MVS, <laughs> after he made that throw to MVS on one ankle, I'm like, damn it, I can't. I can't hear one more person be like, hey, you know, is Burrow better than him? I'd be like, Why? <laughs> Why do I have to do this with you? We all watch the same football game, right? It seems fairly obvious. One guy is definitively better. Yeah, Joe Burrow's great. Nobody's trying to take that away from him. Saying one guy is great doesn't take away this. This is the this is the girlfriend theory, Kayla. It is a mistake that um, that has been made before. Because when you're in like a committed relationship, it's more when you're in a girlfriend than when you're with a wife. When you but when you have a girlfriend, it's there can only be one pretty woman. You're like that's not accurate. There's lots of pretty women. Saying they're pretty doesn't mean you're ugly. It just means you're both pretty. Like, it can both work that way. But it's the <laughs> logic behind Mahomes that kills me. It's like, we don't have to do this. He's been to three Super Bowls in four years. He's been in the league five years. He's been in the AFC title game all five times. Well, he's been in the league six. He's only been a starter for five. It's like, we don't, we don't, you don't have to do this. Don't do this. Don't compare. I, know it makes, nope. I know it makes for boring radio. And it makes us sound like homers. But we're not homers. We're right. He won. They're I better. Like, I like that. We're not homers. We're right. <laughs> Cody, could you ever, like, in any other setting, could would that ever be a, a, something you could use to win an argument? Like, if you and your if no. your wife no. or a best friend are bickering over something, I know you're mad at me, but I'm right. But I'm right, so we're good here, it right? Matter. Yeah. So, Luckily, that's the argument you can use with Mahomes. So what's crazy, it's about, true. what's crazy about Mahomes is, you know, this year was sort of weird in that it was an evolution for him and he had to change the way he played and there wasn't as much deep stuff there. And even though the, the counting numbers were good, like there were the lack of a big explosive plays downfield, maybe maybe made it feel a little more underwhelming, if that makes any sense. But yet, sure. 
what he did so consistently that I feel like I personally maybe didn't appreciate enough was those one or every, it feels like every single week there were like one or two plays where you go, oh, he did that thing again. And it's not always a like, you know, completely horizontal chucking it 60 yards on a rope. But it, tonight, scramble, the, the touchdown to MVS and the, scramble, and the scramble for the first down. Those were two plays that swung the game. Two plays that swung the game that in the case of the MVS throw, nobody else is making that throw. And in the case of the run, yeah, there are guys faster than him and there are other guys who could make that run. But how many other guys are making that play on a bum ankle? At the, at the end of a game, when adrenaline's not fuel, fueling you anymore, and you've been hit a few times, and you re-aggravated it. He's done that so many times this year that where he didn't have maybe as many of those 60-yard bombs, but he had those one-of-one one plays that when he does them so often, they, they feel normal, and you maybe don't appreciate them as much. But then he does it in a setting like he did tonight, and you go, okay, well, you know what? Um, the guy on the other side's not doing that, and he's really good, but he's not making those plays. It's funny, Nick. You could even take it one step further. You're like, who makes those plays in a ball maker? You're like, how many people play? Like, how many players play in the game? Like, Andy Reid said he took every single practice snap. He made it clear to them there was no way he wasn't going to play in his football game. The report from Jim Nance today is that he had to do five hours of physical therapy Every day oh my this gosh. week in order to get ready for the game, to constantly reduce the swelling in order to make those things happen. And I know, I, I know that I know that this game felt like it was going to like fall under the traditional, the way they've lost to Cincinnati. But when you take in the, the, the entire picture of what they played against them now, you're like, none of it mattered. They've lost two regular season games. I don't care. They were the better seed than them both times. They got to play at home both times. And now in the AFC title games are one and one, but one team has been to a Super Bowl, and the other has been to three out of the last four. So it's like there's not really much of a conversation about it. I know we get to have these like big picture conversations, but it's just it is the most exciting time to be a Chiefs fan ever. It's easy to take it for granted because you don't want to do that. And I know that, that gets tiresome. Be like, never forget. You feel like you're like Billy Madison shaking that kid's face. He's like, cherish it. Stay here as long as you can. That's actually what it feels like when you're like, I feel like sometimes I have to say that to fans because it's easy to like look past it. I'll never take it for granted. I I just won't. You're better at that. You're better than that than we are, Kayla. Like you appreciate the good times when you're in the good times. Really? I think you guys do too. No, you kind of keep us a little grounded. Um, mm. by the way, since we're on the topic, I think I called this, didn't I? <laughs> you did call the Kelsey Bowl. You oh, did. yeah. I called the Kelsey Bowl. I mm. called mid-season. I was like, we're gonna go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, you're up again. You're all, not, the you faith, all the faith in the world. I don't I'll know how you, you know what, Kayla, this is perfect for you. I don't know how you would make it as like uh, a Browns fan with this eternal optimism. Like that would be pretty oh. tough. You know, year after year, you're like, yeah. no, you know what? This is the year. Johnny Manziel, like he's our guy. He's gonna take us all the way. Him. But you know what? You as a Chiefs fan, it works out pretty great because well, you being blindly optimistic works out. Because look at us now. Let's look all at take us a, now. All week saying, though. Go ahead, Kayla. Well, I was just gonna say, all week I felt very good, very confident. When I woke up this morning, I woke up before my alarm. My heart was racing all day during that uh, 49ers Eagles game. I felt like I was waiting in a doctor's office. I hate going to the doctor. I get so nervous. I felt like I was in the waiting room at a doctor's office. I'm like, I have to go through this. I know I do, 
but I'm really scared. I just can't wait until it's over. And that's how I felt the entire game with two minutes to go. I was like, I feel sick. <laughs> this is, they have the ball. We're going to lose. I hate everything. Um, don't count the chiefs out. It's just, I need to listen to my own optimism. It was the worst. Like, I don't know. I mean, it'd be probably interesting a couple days from now to say, what was the moment of the season that you thought it was the most lost where you're like, come on, it's not going to happen this year. Like Nick for you, it might've been a couple weeks ago when you thought they didn't have Super Bowl vibes. Right. And look, that was a time in which the Chiefs <laughs> were not playing. But in fairness, the Chiefs weren't playing good football. Hey, you know, across the Let me ask you guys this, okay? You, everybody made fun of me for that. Uh, how many, how many, how many moments did it feel like the Chiefs had? Super, it's stupid. Super vibes. I know I'm stupid. Listen, I want to preface this by saying I know I'm a massive idiot. Okay, I'm gonna start with this one tonight. It felt like they had it tonight. Uh, that one, right now. <laughs> yeah. Not until they kicked the field goal. I'm saying like throughout the game, you know what I'm feeling because I know you yeah. guys were feeling it too. There was this feeling of, oh, God. There was doubt. There it's was about doubt. to happen again, isn't it? And then yeah. Skymore returned the punt, and Mahomes went off for the run. And, and by the way, haven't even got to this yet. Special teams is back. Uh-oh. Don't look now, but the special teams unit has not cost the Chiefs in the postseason, knock on wood, if there's anything to stop it. Harrison Bucker, because here's the thing, man. Harrison Bucker could Perfect. not have afforded to have one of those nights that he's had five times this year. Yeah. He could not afford to have one of those nights where he missed a 45-yarder, and he didn't. Like, he was nails tonight, and they had, had, had to have it. Since we're 100%. feeling good. They're going to the Super Bowl. We get a party. We all cracked open a drink. We're feeling great. The Let's all mention the one moment where we're like, well, that they're, they're losing. It was definitely the Mahomes fumble, right? We were like, oh why? What happened? Uh, <laughs> like, mine was earlier. No. That was a gut punch. <laughs> I thought, like, why? Then they go down and score the touchdown. You're like, Oh, oh, but it didn't matter. We're feeling good. What was yours, Nick? It wasn't that one. Mine was the end of the second quarter. Mine was uh, getting the interception, the Jalen Watson interception. Chiefs had the ball, and I can say this now without feeling bad because they won the game, but they got the ball at the Cincinnati 39-yard line with two minutes and 20 seconds yeah. to go. They ran three plays. They yeah. got zero yards of offense. They ran 20 plays off the clock. Punted the ball back to Cincinnati, who then went down the field and scored a field goal on a 95-yard drive. I go, that's the game right there. That is what happens when you have poor clock management and you give a, another team the ball back in a situation where you didn't have to. Like, if you just, if you run the ball and keep the clock moving or run a quick little pass play, you can keep the clock moving and make sure Cincinnati never touches it. And then when the Chiefs came out of the second half and went three and out again, I think they got two yards on that next drive. I said, oh my, here it is. Like, this is it again. Yeah. Chiefs built an early lead, couldn't capitalize and get touchdowns, and now they let Cincy back in it. That was when I, and so the whole second half, that anxiety was with me, was like here on my, my right shoulder the entire time saying like, this is going to happen again. Ugh. It's the worst feeling. It really is. I was not comfortable for one second of that game. We could have been up by 30 and I would not have been comfortable. But doesn't it feel so good? Like when this is the end that you come, like I get the stress. We're going to finish recording this podcast. No, no, we're not going to bed yet, right? We're going to be thinking oh, about, no. what, you know, like <laughs> thinking about Arizona and Nick's going to grind some tape on Philly tonight. Who knows, right? right. Like, tonight, <laughs> tonight, I'm going to go to Shellbacks and take a Fanta shot. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're going to run into it tonight. It's going to be a long time. And so it just feels like in this game, it was really about like every time I come back around to him, like, all right, MVS had a tremendous game. We even asked ourselves this question before, like who could change your opinion about them if they had a huge game? 
And I said, MVS could have a hundred yards and I wouldn't think any different about him. And I still don't, but I don't, but he had it. He had, he had the game they had to have from somebody, but this is, it's, it's Mahomes and Chris Jones. Nick, you, you had said yeah. it earlier. This is the easiest thing to track. How did the chiefs get to the Super Bowl this year? They had arguably the best defensive player in the NFL this season at the very worst, he's a top three defensive player in the NFL this year. Having an Aaron Donald-like year for as much as we used to try to compare him to him. And the best quarterback in the NFL and the best coach. So it's like it can be boiled down very simply that way. But in this game, that's what happened. Mahomes went superhero and Chris Jones murdered single-handedly an entire offensive line. He got called. They, they got called for holding on a play where two guys were holding him at the same time. Like a guy holding back a guy in a bar fight in a movie scene. They both had like an arm behind him as he was like reaching through to get Joe Burrow. It's like he could, he did everything he wanted. Those two guys did what they wanted tonight. Since we talked about this all season, it feels right to talk about it now. What do we think Tyreek's thinking right now? Okay, so um, he hasn't tweeted or liked anything. I I just seen any shots of Tyreek yet. I just looked. No tweets, no likes in the last day. Cody, do you think he'll be at the Super Bowl, like doing media stuff? Yeah. Tyreek likes the check. I bet Tyreek will, I bet he'll do Radio Row. Oh, does he like the check? This we know. Cody, does he like the check? (laughs) Tell me more. So maybe. The real question, Nick, is our illustrious producer, can you get him? Can you get him on our show? So we can ask him. I don't even care if we get one question. Tell him all we want is one question. How's it feel? How you feeling, Tyreek? Just answer me that question. Could be two words. I'm good. I don't even need a follow-up. How you feeling? Because that's all that really, the Chiefs did this without Tyreek. That's a whole nother part of this. I want a a compilation of every talk show, radio show, of everyone talking about how the Chiefs weren't going to be the team this year. All of it. Just to build up to the Super Bowl. No Tyreek. They're going to be a mess. He's your biggest weapon. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to the Super Bowl. Well, you know what's so funny about that is going through the game when you walk, you get, you get into the game. Uh, Justin Watson was not active. Travis Kelsey uh, was questionable heading into the game. Then Juju goes down. Then Kadarius Tony goes down. Then Nicole goes down. And he said, man... Uh, if there was ever a time to really appreciate the depth of this lineup, it would be a game where you lose three of your top guys, your quarterbacks hobbled, your tight ends hobbled, your starting running backs hobbled, and they were able to cobble it together with Marcus Kemp. Like, Marcus Kemp is the guy we reference when we make jokes. I didn't know who that was. Marcus yeah. Kemp's been on this roster for like a decade. I'm not, I'm not lying. <laughs> Like, I had the no idea I who on, that was. The thing, the thing I said honest. on Twitter, Nick, was like, whatever Perry Ellis joke you made should have been made about Marcus Kemp like 10 times over. He's been on this Chiefs team for seemingly like four, 40 years. And I just want to, and I want to say, um, I don't think that that means like you shouldn't try to have talent at, on your wide receiver core, but I look at these two teams and going back to all the conversations that were being had, like you said, Kayla, leading into the game, and it was all about how like the Bengals had the firepower, the Chiefs had the quarterback. And yet the Chiefs dominated this game. Their defensive line for the Chiefs dominated the game. Steve Spagnuolo deserves a ton of credit. I don't ever want to have a Spags conversation again. Steve Spagnuolo can have a job here until he decides to retire. I don't ever want to hear a Spag. Look at what he did this year with all the rookies he played. 
Is, is there another defense in the NFL who played more rookies than Steve Spagnuolo? And look at the performance they just. Uh, technically, there was. He played the third most, but I mean, they're a super. And one of those, teams, uh, yeah, so and one of those, yeah, and one of those bad teams. The, the Texans and shit. It doesn't matter if they're yeah, bad. Exactly. Bad teams. Joe Burrow with 26 of 41, 270, one touchdown, two interceptions, and he was the leading rusher for the Bengals. That was the big question coming in too. Will the Chiefs be able to slow down the rushing attack from the Bengals? Joe Burrow was the leading rusher with four carries and 30 yards. This was a, a beautiful performance by the Chiefs defense. They, maybe their best of the year. The Chiefs saved their best defensive performance of the year for the biggest game of the year against one of the most potent, talented offenses in the NFL. So everybody deserves credit. Chris Jones deserves credit. All of his contemporaries on the line, all the rookies, Steve Spagnolo. We can talk about the offense later. Maybe they should have scored. The, the defense for Kansas City was magnificent versus Cincinnati. The Chiefs offensive line had a really good day too. I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle because you're like watching Mahomes. He didn't get sacked. I mean, you know, he got down once. One time, I mean, they gave him plenty of time, especially in the early part. When they were moving the ball and coming up short, he had plenty of time. Like, he was standing back there cruising. And then people got all hung up because Orlando Brown Jr. had one bad snap against a three-man rush. But outside of that, they were great. Like, they were great. There were some, like, unsung heroes in this game. But I think we had said, I think on this podcast even, I was willing to give Spags, like, a whole pass for this year. Like, okay, they come up short and the defense needs trouble. He's going to start like a million rookies. What's he supposed to do? And nope, nope. He's going to get his team to the Super Bowl again. Steve Spagnuolo has been the defensive coordinator for four years in this team. They've been to the Super Bowl three times. The rule still applies for him. His defense isn't holding him back three of the last four years, right? Uh-huh. Like, how can we be all that mad and be like, hey, could you play better defense? You're like, we're in the Super Bowl three times in four years. If we win it, we would have won two out of the three. I don't think you can really go after Spags right now. That would be bold. I would just like to say this is the first time in five years I've gotten my dream Super Bowl scenario. Oh, why I'm the dream? S- okay, you because the Reed versus I w- Philly. Kelsey I wanted Butter. yes, all of those things. But back in Mahomes' first year, I wanted a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl, and it was the Pats. Second time, 49ers Chiefs. I wanted the Packers. You know, Reed match. Um, the next year it was Bucks Chiefs. I wanted Packers again. That didn't happen. Um, last year, Rams got there. We did not. This year, midway through the season, once we knew Philadelphia was the front runner in the NFC, I was like, give me an Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl. The Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Brothers, Cheeseburger versus Philly Cheesesteak, barbecue maybe. We're looking at Andy Reid though. Um, and that's who I am most excited for, to be honest, is Andy Reid. Walking him walk out of coming up from the locker room, walking on the field, I just wanted this for him more than anything. I don't know. I just want to give him a big old hug. He just is my favorite, and I'm so happy for him. How is it that the Eagles are the team least bothered by letting go of Andy Reid? Everyone else made a huge mistake. Everyone made a worse mistake than the Eagles. The Eagles have been to two Super Bowls with two different coaches since he left. They won the other one. You're like, what the hell, Billy? What's going on there? Are you guys just always in this? Like, you let Andy Reid go, and you're like, well, we'll just keep going. It's fine. We don't really care. Um... Every other team was like, God, we should have hired Andy. Ooh. But that was the famous story. Like, you go back to the same thing, and you go through every story that leads you to this point. You go through Clark Hunt standing on the tarmac telling Andy Reid he cannot leave until he's the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. You go back to Brett Veach banging the table over and over and over again, begging them to take Patrick Mahomes. It's all of those. Like, when you you play those things up, you're like, yeah, those were the defining moments of this franchise who had been stuck in such mediocrity 
for so long. At the time they took over, Andy Reid, they were the they were one of the worst franchises in football. They couldn't do anything right. They were a laughing stock. And then they now they're here in le- in a decade. Do you guys think that? Uh, and I know we're we're running long. Um, do you guys think that the Bengals regret talking trash? I hope so. I hope this taught them a valuable lesson. But now I feel like this rivalry is going to be even more heated next season. I would regret it. I mean, this goes to the same thing. We tried to warn. We try to warn people. Um, you know, Mahomes. Mahomes is very petty, and it fuels him to do great things. And if petty you haven't bad. learned that yet, and you're in the NFL, and you decide to step in one, that's on you. I don't feel bad for Cincinnati, but they should regret talking that much trash. All right, guys, we're nearing the end. This has been tons of fun. Do we want to do what winners, losers, game balls? Oh, yes. I don't even know where to go yes. with this. Let's just let's do game balls. There's there's uh we've I think we've already covered the losers. That's Eli Apple and that Mike, bum ass mayor of Cincinnati. Mike yeah. Hilton, the mayor. They're all losers. Yeah. Cody, you go first. Okay, so I won't say Chris Jones for now because we've spent so much time absolutely gushing about him. And I do believe <laughs> uh rightfully so. But the winner for me today is Brett Veach. Brett Veach had an incredible draft. George Karloftis had a sack today. Brian Cook had a tipped pass that led to another rookie, Joshua Williams, picking it off. Trent McDuffie made three incredible plays that dictated terms. Hell, Cincinnati was going to get a first down, and Trent McDuffie jumped as high as he could in the air to deflect a pass that eventually forced them to punt again and what inevitably became a, ch- a chief scoring drive. It's like Brett Veach's fingerprints were all over this thing. You couple that with the fact that MVS was his, you know, one of his big wide receiver signings this offseason. He went, you know, over a hundred yards and a touchdown, right? It's it's all of those things. It's like every little piece of this feels very Brett Veach to me. So I'll, I'll give him a big winner for today. Game ball. Uh, I'm going to give mine to Frank Clark. I mean, this guy is now in sole possession of third place, had a sack and a half tonight. That gives him 13 and a half postseason cracks in his career, 13 and a half postseason sacks in his career, which is behind just Willie McGinnis and Bruce Smith. He passed Reggie White and Terrell Suggs, guys. He is third all time. Wow. I do not ever want to hear another single <laughs> word about what Frank Clark clark has or hasn't done i don't want to hear another single word about how much money the chiefs paid him and how overpaid he was and how much it was hindering the chiefs ability to build a roster this guy and his performance in the postseason can now be directly like linked to the chiefs going to two super bowls two super bowls because he has been a productive pass rusher when it matters the most, I don't give a damn what he's done in the regular season. He is worth every penny and one of the best acquisitions the Chiefs have ever made. I, I really believe that. Here, here. All right. I mean, yeah, outside of the obvious of everyone we've already covered tonight, my game ball goes to two people. The rookie class as a whole. I mean, way to step up in the biggest moment of the season yeah. of your career. That was just so impressive, which again goes back to Brett Beach. Um, and also my guy, Harrison Bucker, lights out tonight. Perfect on the night. He is back to his original form by all accounts. Um, we needed him when it count when it counted most. Um, 
and it just feels good to have a very solid kicker back with us because it got dicey you. there. I wasn't a jinx. I said he was back. I said he's back. And you guys said, why would you do that? Why would you even utter those words? I'm like, he's back. Look at that Game guy. Game field goal. Boom. It was dicey. Oh, a I lot. Love, this I year. love it. it Everything was, came full circle on Full Sunday. circle moment. Awesome. All right, guys. That's going to do it. I said, all right. Shoot. Oh, put a coin in the jar. Pretty <laughs> close, though. You almost made it. Okie dokie, guys. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> it just turned into Netflix. Oakley dokley. <laughs> That's going to do it for us on this episode of It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. That is Cody Tapp. He is Nick Schwer. I am Kayla Kinnair. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. We will be back with you all throughout this week and next, leading up to Super Bowl 57 between the Philadelphia Eagles and your Kansas City Chiefs. Have a good one. Thank you.